and he was looking at me through his amniotic sac that was completely intact through the water. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. What happens when you live and breathe home birth, but you can't quite visualize how you want your birth to unfold? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today I am sitting down with my husband, Thomas, to share the birth story of our precious son, Thomas Jr., And I am so excited for this opportunity to delve into our third birth experience. It really was a whirlwind and also the most beautiful gift that we could have ever received. So I'm excited to share. As always, please remember that the opinions of my husband (laughs) may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. I'm mostly kidding. And the show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Let's jump into the episode. Okay, happy home birthers. I am so excited for today's long-awaited, long-anticipated episode where Thomas and I are going to be sharing our birth story with our third babe. And Thomas, this is pretty exciting. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. It's been a couple of years for sure. And I guess, I don't know, It's we got to give the people what they want. Those episodes where you've come on have been um, been some of people's favorites. So we are coming back together and sharing our birth story. Now, I know that I have um, already done an episode where I gave kind of a third trimester update and shared what was happening in the first and second trimester. But I thought we would kind of go back to the beginning here for a little bit with Thomas to have him give his perspective of how the pregnancy unfolded. And then we will um, really tell our birth story together. So let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. So what what do you remember? So really going back memory-wise, I remember you coming back from getting your magnet therapy done where all your parasites were coming out. Oh my God. It was a, I had a Lyme treatment done at, in Idaho with Dr. Smith and he's amazing, but yes, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> so a couple of tapeworms later, we were, um, I think it was like a month and a half after maybe two months and you started having some weird symptoms and you just weren't feeling well. And it was after you started kind of feeling better because after you got that therapy done, obviously there was some residual symptoms. They came from passing all those things and all the toxins, et cetera. And you're just like, I just don't feel well. Something's going on. And I just said, you know, is there any way that you could be pregnant? And you're like, I'm not pregnant. And I was like, is there any way that you could be pregnant? And you said, I'm not pregnant. So then I think it was the third time I said, is there any way possible that you could be pregnant? And that's when I saw something kind of breaking your eyes a little bit. <laughs> and uh, we had an old pregnancy test it was expired. And so we, she took that. And of course there was a nice little line that popped up very quick. And she started saying, well, it's expired. So probably, you know, we, we got to get another one. So then of course I go to Google and it says expired pregnancy tests will not give you false positives. It will only give you false negatives. So it, it took a minute to really take everything in. There was, you know, some tears, but also some happy tears there. So 
that was really the the beginning of the show. That's for sure. Yeah, they were. It was tears of surprise and how just like how could this happen like, how right could now? This be like it just it really didn't it didn't make a lot of sense in my brain. Yeah. And so to, like Thomas had mentioned, I had been really sick because basically this um this treatment that I had done, it's it's magnets and it's used to remove like um well really it's it's it was specifically for Lyme, but also parasites. And turns out your girl was infested with some pretty pretty intense uh worms. <laughs> it's pretty out there as far as you know, what is normal for treatment of these things, but I will attest that, yeah, that it worked. It's all some pretty, pretty strange things, but we <laughs> we'll, won't talk too much about that. Though. But, but I was really sick from that. I mean, I was like in bed. I could smell, like there was oh like my this gosh. toxic smell coming off oh her skin. It was, it wasn't like, you know, anything. I mean, it was just literally, you could smell the toxins leaving her body and it wasn't like a disgusting smell. It was just like this, you could just tell something was happening. And so then he decided to make a third child with me. <laughs> it worked out. So, okay. So we, after the severe denial of this pregnancy being a thing, we took the test and yes, we were pregnant. Um, what, is there anything else from the beginning that you remember or it was fun telling the girls? Yeah, it was fun. And then the in the beginning was kind of the first time you talked about potentially not using a midwife or maybe not having the midwife at the birth itself, um, which, of course, I was you know fully behind what you wanted to do in that aspect. It took me a little bit just to understand what you wanted. Um, but I remember telling my dad's friend about it and you were just like, oh, wow. So, yeah. We're doing this. Yeah, I. It was really interesting. That was like, I mean, that was just a week or two after we had found out that we were pregnant. Thomas's parents' friends were visiting, and I we had not even talked about it. So I don't know how you knew. Like, I don't know how you knew that that was even on my mind. We but must have talked about it. So I don't. I don't think so. Anyway, he was. He was just talking. I was like, yeah, we, we think we might not have a midwife there, and I was like what? Like, I thought I might have to, you know, do some like just sharing as to why before I fully got him on board. But why do you, why do you feel like you had already, even at that point were open to it? I mean, I feel we hadn't, we must have talked about it previous to getting pregnant. Um, that maybe if we did that again, that's what you would want. Cause I felt pretty confident in it. And, you know, you'd show me a lot of stuff about free birth and how that works. So, um, I was, I was obviously comfortable with it enough to where I was like, yeah, that's probably what we're going to be doing. Yeah. And then as the pregnancy progressed, I started asking more questions like, okay, would you, would you really be comfortable though? Like if A, B or C happened, like, would you be comfortable doing this or that? And that's when you were like, I mean, it'd be nice to have somebody there, I guess. It'd be nice <laughs> to have somebody to call. Needed, yeah. I think is what it was. It was like, as long as like somebody's within reach that, you know, in case something, you know, really the biggest thing for me is like, I, I know what to do in certain scenarios. Obviously we've gone over what to do, but if there was a situation where you were incapacitated, there might be something that I don't 100% know the right answer to. So it'd be nice to, if things, you know, you know, when things are going to go sideways way ahead of time. So just to be able to like say, all right, if there is somebody we can call to come over ahead of time when things are starting to look a little sketchy, I think that was more of my peace of mind, not so much of you know what's happening with your body enough to know, all right, I got this, I can do this. I mean, that's exactly what happened. And 
we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, that was, I was comfortable with it just because obviously you're the master of all homework. So <laughs> no, but, but it was, we had a few conversations where you were like, eh, you know, like maybe it would be nice to have somebody there. And I had started thinking the same thing, like, you know, I want to be really clear about this. I was in a very uncertain place, really the entire pregnancy. I didn't know what our birth was going to look like. I didn't know who was going to be there. And it was really an odd place to be because, I mean, obviously, like, home birth is kind of my life. (laughs) And so for me to be, like, talking about how it's so important to visualize, you know, what's going to happen and how it's going to be. And I could not wrap my mind around what this birth was going to look like. And so it was around 18 weeks that I, we had talked again and I was like, you know, what do you think? And, and that's when you were like, I mean, you know, if, if we had someone there, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I decided to call a friend slash wonderful midwife in our area, um, who I felt would understand me. And based off of her birthing experiences, based off of just who she is, um, how she supports mothers, I thought, all right, if if I'm if I'm gonna have somebody there, this is who I would feel comfortable with. So I called her and was kind of like, um, I don't really know what I want. <laughs> you know, like I was really upfront, like, I don't know what I want. I don't know how I want this to unfold. I know that I really want to just do this on my own, but I also like, I think that having a wise woman is so helpful. Like that is the model. That's the model that it's always been, you know, there has, birth has had community. It's not like everyone's just giving birth all on their own. No, there are people around. There are people there to support. And having someone who is wise, intelligent, but also who's able to stay the heck back, that's incredible. That's what that's what I want midwifery to be. And so when I spoke to this midwife and she very immediately understood where I was coming from and was like, Caitlin, I think I can come into this or I can tell you I can come into this with no ego and you know whatever it is that you want I I'm going to be here for you. I felt really really good about that. Yeah. Yeah, so we I did- remember even <clears throat> you saying pretty much for a good bit of the pregnancy I don't know what this is going to look like and I I don't they didn't quite understand what that even meant when she would <laughs> tell me that all the time it's going to look like a baby's coming out. But um <laughs> but I mean I I guess you know I came to understand just like who's going to be there what it's going to look like what I want from you what I want from myself etc um but it was great to to have the resource that we did as far as you know when you're worried about something or you know to have a separate set of hands that's not connected to you that can feel where the baby is or <laughs> when you're measuring ahead and just someone to talk to that knows a lot about this more so than I could ever help out in that aspect um so that was that was nice to have for sure yeah. And it, it definitely was a, an a la carte style yeah. of like, she knew I didn't want anything. I don't want to, I don't want to be on a stick. I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to even, I didn't even really want to weigh myself. Like I, I just didn't want this to be a streamlined event. And that's one thing that, I mean, gosh, we, we can all agree midwifery care compared to the hospital, like home birth midwifery care compared to the hospital, it's head, shoulders, knees, and toes above. 
However, there is, you know, of course, like with, with any profession, with anything, there becomes like a streamlined routine. And I, I understand that and respect it. But for me with this pregnancy, I didn't want to just check the boxes just because the boxes were there. Um, and so, so yeah, it was really nice having someone who got it and was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. You know, your body, we trust your body. This is going to be great. Say less. Say less. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's kind of how our the pregnancy progressed. That was that was around eighteen weeks. I saw that midwife. I think like at like twenty two weeks or something for the yeah. first time. And everything kind of is there anything from the middle of the pregnancy you remember? Just, I mean, I think I was a little bit more aware this time of all the different things you were doing. You know, it's easy to take that for granted. I don't have to change the way I eat. You know, I should, but I don't have to, and I don't have to worry about taking certain things and making sure I'm balancing out, even just stress levels, keeping them down and stuff like that. I, you know, I think a lot of, especially hospital births, there's, you know, maybe Lamont's class or something like that, but you really don't think about it until day of, you know, you've got the go bag, you go there, you have birth, it happens to you. Uh, and then you're, you're there with a baby and you got to figure it out compared to all the prep that goes into it leading up to it food, you know, what you're listening to, what you're doing to your body, what you're putting into your body, what you're not putting into your body, et cetera. And then obviously the birth itself, and then even the post care and all the things that you do has a huge impact. And I was just, you know, thankful to have, uh, you know, my wife who cares so much about that. And obviously that translates very well into our children and their health. So I just, I definitely picked up on that a little bit more. Not that I didn't notice that with the other ones, but definitely just took out a little bit more and just your knowledge about everything and jumping ahead a little bit, even to when, you know, when the baby was in the wrong position and all the things that you knew how to do to flip that thing over. And, um, you know, the, the, the interesting positions you had to get into, it was, I mean, it was like a music video, the things I had to do to get, get that thing flipped around playing bongo drums. But, uh, yeah, it was just incredible that, you know, all these things, these little hacks get, you know, upside down on an ironing board, flipping it around. And you just were very in tune with your body. And it was very cool to see. That's yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm impressed that you're saying this simply because my like, my lack of I, I, Thomas loves to watch movies. I don't really like movies. I like The Office. Um, maybe, maybe a little Parks and Rec every once mm -hmm. in a while, you know, sprinkle like sprinkle, sprinkle it in. Um, but <laughs> pretty much every movie that he would suggest to watch. I'm like, mm, my nervous system. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> like, was... Sorry. It's weird. Your nervous system is still messed up to this day. Cause yeah. I still can't watch those movies. <laughs> we don't need anything. I was very understanding though. I was like, as much as I'd grumbled under my breath, I immediately turned it off. No more. I just sneak some in. I was like, all right, never mind. Let's just turn it off. It's not worth it. <laughs> so yes, but I mean, but it's true. Like those things, no. I really yeah. do feel like, I feel like the, the, the preparation, especially nervous system wise and just peace wise, this time made a world of difference, not only in just not only in just like how the birth went, but also just how I felt about it. Like I felt very confident. Yeah, I was not I was not worried. And that that was really neat. And I think yeah. that a lot of that was all of the nervous system yeah. <laughs> work that I've been doing for I so mean, long. It makes sense. And, you know, with life, there's no escaping. There's going to be stressful times and yeah. places and you working really hard on, I can't let this get to me right now. I've got to calm down. And 
uh, yeah, it, it plays a pretty big role in kind of what's going on. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, the middle of the pregnancy was pretty uneventful. Um, there wasn't a lot going on, but once we get towards the 30 week mark, um, or a little after 30 weeks, we went to the beach in April. The baby was born the beginning of April baby was born, you know, the end of May. Um, and when we were at the beach is when I really noticed, oh my gosh, this baby, I feel like is trying to burrow out of me. Like it yeah, feels, it was had a hard time breathing. It insane. Was- I would just be walking all of a sudden and be like, oh, oh no, like this. It, and it wasn't like pain, like. He's probably just trying to stand up like he does now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the that's the thing. So I was having this cervical pain, or discomfort, whatever, like shocks. It was just like, I felt like I was getting grabbed and truly like this baby was trying to dig out of me. And um so throughout the, the beach trip, I kept experiencing this. We got home and it had been a good, like a number of weeks since I had seen my midwife. Like we had like, you know, I hadn't been for a while. Um, and when we got there, oh, oh, but the day of the day of my appointment, I woke up and the baby had the hiccups. And I remember... <laughs> This is like, I think denial is like the theme of this pregnancy and birth. Denial. Yeah. But the baby, yeah, the baby starts hiccuping and it's like at my belly button. I was like, oh yeah, see, he's hiccuping at my belly button. So the baby's definitely not breached. And it's like, what? That doesn't, in what world does that make sense? That is 100% what that means. (laughs) So uh, I went to see the midwife that day and I kind of told her this little story and I was like, you know, I feel like, I feel like the baby's just like trying to burrow out. And she was like, are you sure it's hands? And I was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, yes, it's definitely hands. Like, no, I'm definitely not pregnant. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. definitely hands. And then I was like, and I mean, I had hiccups this morning at my belly button. She was like, "Mm, Caitlin, I'm pretty sure your baby's breech. Let's just give it a little check. Why don't we see? And sure enough, little little Tommy boy was as breech as breech could be. And yes, I believe that it was him trying to stand because those little leggies, I am not kidding. It looks like he is riding a unicycle and juggling all the time. Like those little legs are just going, going, going. And he is juggling his little balls and he is going to be such a wonderful circus acrobat one day. Talk about that. Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) Anyway, so yes. So we found out that that he was breached. And this was it. This must have been at like 34. It was pretty five weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I was saying that. Very close to end time. Yeah. End time. End time coming. So we talked about, okay, well, what would that look like if, if the baby were breech? And the answer is it wouldn't have changed anything. Like it would have, it, we would have still done the exact same things that we did this time. Um, I probably would have been more like Likely. desirous yeah. of having my midwife there, like in a, at a reasonable time. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, she wasn't going to touch anything. Like she was just going to be there to watch yeah. me give birth to a breech baby. But at the same time, I don't want to have a breech baby just to have a breech baby. Like there are reasons that head down is the typical way that babies like to come through. And so I wanted to make sure that I was providing the space for him um, to come down 
and flip if that's where he needed to be and wanted to be. And I felt pretty sure that that, that was the case um, because that I will say that was one thing that was really interesting intuition wise was uh, during that beach trip. And then I even told my midwife this, I was like, I feel like, and I kept saying he, even though we didn't know the gender, I thought it was a boy. And I was like, I feel like he's asking me to help him. Like, I feel like he, he's asking me to help him change positions. He needs help. And I don't know. It was actually just me whispering, but (laughs) I need help. (laughs) (laughs) But, but it was a really, it, it, this pregnancy, all, all of my pregnancies, I felt very connected to my babies. This one, I feel like once again, the nervous system piece was in place. I had worked really hard to, to be able to cultivate that sense of peace. And so I felt like actually connecting and hearing what he needed was easier than it had ever been before. Um, so yeah, we found out that he was indeed breech. So we started doing some things to just encourage. Um, you you can talk about what we did and then I can give names for it. <laughs> I mean, from what I remember, you were like, I think you were like touching your toes or like you were upside down on the couch or something and I'd have to be from behind you shaking <laughs> vigorously left to right. Yes. That okay. was the bongo drums. So uh, the reference bongo I gave earlier. Drums. Yeah. So I did forward leaning inversions, but yeah, I had Thomas, let's put it, he he grabbed my glutes and shook them like gyrated, sh- yeah. gyrated them, shook the apple tree. At high velocity. High velocity. Really? Yeah. Definitely. The girls were like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, and Thomas was like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. Um, I, I took homeopathic um, pulsatilla. Pulsatilla is great for uh, not just it's, it's great for evening out the pelvic floor muscles. So if there's like tense, tension or tightness in your pelvic floor, if it's unbalanced, pulsatilla can help balance it. So I took pulsatilla before we would do those, those things. Um, and I also did a lot of, I would get on my table and do, um, psoas releases because a lot of times breach can be related to tight psoas. If you're, if those big, huge psoas muscles in your front are tightened up, that that reduces your space a lot. And so that's how babies can kind of get breached and then get stuck there. So I really worked on lengthening the psoas muscles. I took pulsatilla before that. Um, and so then- So did the inversion on the ironing that's board. That's the main thing. And that's what that's what actually changed things yeah. for us. So yeah. So you want to talk about that? I mean, that's it. You got upside got down on We <laughs> uh, put like an ironing board on the couch and then she would go upside down on it. I think I'd hold your ankles and then you- yeah. Yeah. Kinda so like hang like mm-hmm. a, almost like an inversion board. Yeah. yeah. We lean the ironing board against the couch. So it was like, it was very diagonal and um, super diagonal, super diagonal. Fully diagonal. Listen, I don't know anything about like <laughs> angles. So just, 90 degrees. I, we'll say it wasn't 90. Just say it. Just okay. say it. There's no, you don't know anything about it. So. <laughs> okay. So it was against the couch. So it was at an, it was at an angle of some, some, amount and um, a pretty steep angle. And I laid on, I laid on the ironing board. My head was on the floor. I kind of pushed my body up into the air. Thomas grabbed my ankles and we had, I had taken pulsatilla and we had a, um, what is it called? An ice pack. Gosh, postpartum brain, an ice pack. (laughs) So I put the ice pack on the top of my belly where his head was and just kind of 
you know, just just put a little, little coldness there. And so that that coldness combined with being upside down, combined with me kind of gently pushing on his side allowed him to rotate over. That was really cool. It was it was cool. It was really exciting when it was like, wow, we we did it. Like it feels different. I know he moved down. I know he's in a better place right now and I can breathe better. That was ideal. Oh, that's one thing we didn't talk about was the me measuring way ahead. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, so at 30 weeks, I think it was around 30 weeks. I was measuring 36 weeks. Whoops. <laughs> And I mean, I have a history of measuring ahead around that time of my pregnancy. With Janie, I measured like four four centimeters ahead. I I know that I'm sure some people are super consistent. I've never been consistent. I think my uterus just grows it grows at a different rate. Like who cares? And but but my midwife was very calm about it. Like okay, yep, that's interesting. The next time I came in. Before we measured, she was like, hey, you know, like, have you thought about this? Like, if we measure today and it's um, it's high again, like, have you considered, like, what do you, what would you like to do? You know, very open-ended. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing anything. Like, I know I'm fine. I, I know. I, I am certain everything is great with my body. I know this baby is safe. I know this baby is healthy. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that nothing is wrong because we had talked about like, okay, well, what could, what could cause um, this, this increase, this, this sharp increase? And she had said, you know, it, it could be something like blood sugar levels. Like it, it could be related to that. It could be, um, polyhydraminos, um, like, you know, excess water. It could be these different things, potentially. That's if if we're pathologizing. I'm not saying that's what it is. And I knew it what I knew it wasn't those things. I'd been really, really very strict on balancing my blood sugar, like taking apple cider vinegar before every meal, um, doing my little tea taps hoedown moves after I ate. <laughs> you you loved those. Seared into my memory. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, think... she was great in not putting fear behind telling you, like, obviously, she's going to mention all the things that could be going on. But mm -hmm. she's also like, probably not that. So, yeah, you know, you know, what's going on with your body. And it, I really enjoyed I wasn't there, obviously, all the time for all the appointments. But when I was there, I really enjoyed the way that she talked with you. And you got I mean, you guys are friends and had a connection, but it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So she, I had asked too, I was like, well, what, like, what do you think? What, what would be the things that could potentially cause this? And she was like, well, I mean, it could be these things. I don't really think that's where we are. And then the next time I came in, which was, you know, four, four weeks later, whenever it was, I can't remember. Um, before she, before we, we measured, uh, she said like, you know, what do you think, what would you, you know, is there anything you want to do? And that's when I was like, no, there's, I'm not getting an ultrasound. I don't, I don't want one. I know that I don't need one and everything's fine. Like I know everything's great. And so then she was like, okay, well, why don't we just like, you know, why, why don't we just measure you? Oh. And that is when she was like, I trust you. Like, I trust your body. I trust your connection with your body. I know that if something were off, you would know. And I felt so validated in that because I I also knew that to be true. So having somebody who not only that you can trust, but who trusts you, I feel like that is critical. And unfortunately, you know, there aren't, I mean, there's not enough midwives anyway of any caliber. Um, but 
there aren't enough midwives, I feel like, who can look at an individual in that way, recognize that that individual is is definitely in tune with this primal aspect of themselves and is supportive of that. So hats off to you, my dear midwife. Um, Okay. But yeah, so then she measured me and I was like within normal range. So it was also probably related to the fact that he was breech and standing on my cervix, you know, just doing a straight. Yeah. Just a little bit of stand up, little jumping jack. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the very end of the pregnancy. Labor day. Labor day. Well, not labor day because it was actually, okay. At 39 weeks is when I started having prodromal labor. Um, And I would like to just say to everyone, I am sorry that I did not understand what you were going through. (laughs) Like anytime that I've heard about prodromal labor, I'm like, oh man, that sounds horrible. And there is something very different about knowing that something sounds horrible, like knowing that something is horrible versus knowing, like living that something is the worst. And that is what happened to me with prodromal labor, where I would get these contractions and they seemed legitimate. Like they seemed like they were going to do something. They seemed like they were going somewhere and it would be just enough. Like, it's not like they were like crazy intense, but they were definitely like early labor contractions. They were not Braxton Hicks and they would be just enough to keep me up all night and then they would go away. Yeah. Also, I think it's bad for you. I had to keep leaving work constantly. And I keep coming back home. Then I go back and it'd be like a week later. And like, I thought you said last week, she definitely was going into labor. I'd be like, well, she was, I think, but I need to leave tonight. So see you later. (laughs) I'm also leaving again. I think you promise it'll happen this time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was, that was really hard. That was not, that was really hard. It was really hard for Thomas guys. It was really hard for him. He had a hard time. Um, But yeah, that was, it was weird. And so that happened for from 39 weeks to 40 weeks. I feel like it was earlier than that. Maybe it was just a week. Maybe it was just a week. It feels like it was like three or four weeks. Maybe it was just a Time week. Time flies when you're having fun. So. Yeah. Um, but okay. So also timing wise, this was kind of fun. It was the very end of our daughter's year of forest school. And they had a... Um, They had a, oh, no, it was two weeks. It was definitely two weeks because that last prenatal massage that I had was at 38 weeks. It had to have been. I don't know. Never mind. I'm getting off track. When did you go down that big slide? That's that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm about to talk about. That was at 40 weeks. So on 39 and 6 was the girls' forest school, like, final closure of the year, and they had a big lake day. And at their, at our forest school, there is a slide that, I mean, I don't feel like they cannot have code. Like it cannot be up to code. Like, there's no way. Like, I'm trying to bust them. Right? I'm not trying to bust them. It's just that slide is insanity. It is like, it doesn't even look that bad if you're just like, just using your eyeballs and looking at it. It, it like slopes kind of up a hill, but then it goes straight up. Like it's, it's like this weird, like it goes straight up. It's also like really wide almost flat like it's there it, there's not like a lot of protection on either side of the slide and you like go down it into the lake well you torpedo 
down it. You shoot down it in a fashion that is unbelievable. And so at this, um, up, up until this event, Janie and Lillian had both been asking me if I would go down the slide with them. And I was like, yeah, like, of, of course I'm going to go. Of course I'm going to go down the slide. Like I'm the person, I, these are memories. We are going to make some memories. I'm going down the slide. And their teacher had been joking with me like, oh, Caitlin, maybe we'll get you on the slide. And I really thought for sure, I'm going to go down the slide. We get there. I see what the slide is. and I see how um, how children are going down it. And I'm like, oh, what have I done? Like what what fresh hell is this? Like, this is really intense. And no other parents were going down the slide because they were sane. But because I had promised. they didn't want to make memories with their children. Because they, they they're the worst. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everybody that's listening to this that I adore deeply. That's a joke. Um, but I had promised Lillian that I would go down with her. There was no way that she was going down without me. So up to the top of the slide we went. Down the slide we went, and I mean, you slam into the water. Like you go, you skid across the water like a skipping stone. Um, so that was, it was really fun though. Admittedly, it was a good time. Yeah. So because I did it the first time and it was fun, when she asked to do it again, I said yes. And so the second time though, when I did it, I would, we'll talk about angles again. Uh, the angle, at which the water and my body collided caused some water to... That was probably more than 90 degrees. <laughs> that really was probably more than 90 degrees. Cause... I was thinking 45 earlier. That's what yeah, was it was definitely it. 45. Definitely. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so it went... It the okay. It's kind of like the firmament. I feel like you know, <laughs> we're going, if we're getting back to Genesis. The waters on one side and the waters on the other side <laughs> met. <laughs> so it's <was> like opposite. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so quite a picture. There. It well, well, I'm trying to think of a way to say it without saying oh, the words. It, yeah, I'm painting a bit. <laughs> so okay, yeah, so. Um, I was really shocked at the sensation of that and the throttling force. And I was also very concerned of like, oh my gosh, did this just break my water? With lake water. With, with, yeah, with, oh my gosh, not like, not like, this is not, not Lake Jocassi. This like, is not yeah. Lake Jocassi water even. Like this is. Yeah. This is lake. More stagnant. Mm -hmm. stagnant. This is this is lake, lake water. Um, there could be leeches, you know what I'm saying? Like this is genuine lake water. And so no offense to lake life people. Like, yes. Live, laugh, love, lake life. Um <clears throat> so that happened and I decided at that point I was probably done with the slide for the day. And I started getting a little I really was a little bit nervous because then I think it was the next day when I went to the bathroom, there was like some, there was some water and I was like, oh my gosh, like, did my water break? What's, what's going on? I don't know. Was there a high leak? I, and I do think that that's actually what happened, that there was a high leak in my, in my amniotic sac, but I just started freaking duh. out that, duh, duh, Kayla. I started freaking out that the lake water amoebas Etc. were migrating into my uterus and were just after she got them all out, she's yeah. putting new ones in. I can't after I got it. rid of all these parasites, here they come. And but I, so I was like, 
a little a little weird and i'm going to i'm going to blame that on the hormonal changes happening in labor but there was this like slight concern of like um caitlin what if you like accidentally just totally screwed everything up because you felt the need to go down a child's water slide um but okay so that was on a tuesday i think a tuesday no it was on a wednesday so thursday we were we were radio silent nothing happened wednesday nothing happened thursday Thursday night at midnight, I had forgotten to move the clothes over, right? Or I'd forgotten to start the washing that was machine. Monday, that was Thursday Tuesday, night. Wednesday, oh, Thursday, so- Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. It's hard time to. Okay, but that night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it happened that night. I'm just kidding. And, <laughs> and Thomas had decided to stay up. He was being a gentleman. He was being a gentleman choosing to stay up to wait for that. It had nothing to do with the fact that he was playing a video game with his friend. It was simply that he was staying up to move the laundry over. What an angel. What a man. Dedication. So sweet. So he's hanging out, the laundry's going, and at midnight I got up to go to the bathroom and I had had a, a pad on for, I guess, I guess because of the lake water experience, I was like, I need to see what's going on. And and when I went to the bathroom, I saw like, whoa, there's some stuff changing. Stuff is changing for sure. Like this, this is legitimate. And when this happens in my previous histories of birth, this means things are about to change. So I like ran to the living room and I was like, you got to go to bed now. Like you're going to sleep. I don't care about the laundry. We'll figure it out tomorrow, but you have to go to bed right now. And then we did. Because I, the thought was, like, we could be up any minute in labor anyway. So we really have to get the sleep that we can get. So we went to bed and nothing happened, which was great. It was actually a very good thing. We woke up in the morning late, pretty late. Our girls are, have been doing really well with um, entertaining themselves for a while in the morning while we had been sleeping in. Um, because I, don't, I, I wasn't actually sleeping at night anyway was the thing about that. Um, but, yeah, so – we woke up, I guess it was like around nine o'clock. And do you remember anything from that? You no, know, I'm really trying to, like, I remember that night. I don't really remember the I don't, morning too much. I think you might've had a job. I think you might've been Working gone. Okay. Yeah. Because, because my mom texted me around 10. Maybe you were like doing yard work That was or the something. day before. I, yeah. I don't, I think it was the day before that I was gone in the morning that I was kind of worried about like, oh, yeah. I have to come back real quick. But yeah, maybe you were just doing yard work maybe. anyway. Anyway, Thomas was not inside of the house, Um, but I was hanging out with the girls. My mom had texted me asking if anything was going on, Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is happening sometime today, tonight, probably at the latest. And I was definitely getting like early labor um, style contractions. And so she was like, okay, well, what are you doing? And I said, I was trying to clean the house. And she was like, okay, well, let me come over and help you. So she got to our house around noon. And we cleaned the house and um, I just like every once in a while would kind of like lean over and like felt some some tension in the uterine area. And it was, was it consistent? Now I'm like, was it consistent then or was it not consistent? I have no clue. I really don't know. It just I think happened. it was, I think it must have been consistent because it was definitely like, all right, this is happening. Like, yeah. It's, this is coming. Yeah. And trains in motion. Yes. The, the train had left the station indeed. And so, 
Okay, so that went on for a few hours. Around four o'clock is when my mom was like, well, do you want me to just take the girls over to my house and I'll like feed them dinner and then bring them back at bedtime? Yeah, because that was the plan is we we wanted them there, but we're like, they can go away for a little bit as long as they come like before everything kind of gets in motion. So we could set everything up, be prepared without, you know, having yeah. distractions. The reality is like my my goal was to have them come in right towards the end. And we figured that was going to be late at night. We figured they'd be sleeping mm-hmm. properly. We'd have to like We'd wake, have to them, wake up. them up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I just thought, I thought that that would be the best for this scenario. Mostly because Lillian just, just with their personalities, I felt like Lillian would be, would be, would prefer to see it at the end and not just like be there the whole time. And then I know Janie would probably be asking trying to jump in the pool. Janie would be trying to jump in the pool. She would be asking a bunch of questions, which is cool, which is totally cool. But I did want to be able to like spend some time focusing inward. Um, And so, yeah, that was the, that was the plan. But when my mom asked that, I was like, I don't know. I really don't know that that's a good idea. Because my parents live 30 minutes away, which is not far. But I just kept saying, if this takes off, like it could go really, really fast. And I really want the girls to be there. She was like, yes, but I promise I will bring them right back. Like as soon as you call, I will be turned around and we will get there. That's another spoiler alert. (laughs) But, But so we decided, okay, that's fine. She'll take them the 30 minutes to her house. And uh, we'll call when it's time for them to come back. It was pretty quickly after that. I think I started setting up the birth pool. Mm-hmm. Um, Immediately. And as we were filling up the water, we did some CFT on the bed for a while. Like, like You're probably... jumping ahead. Huh? You're jumping ahead. What, what happened? You're before? jumping. You're jumping. No, that... that was a long time. That was like 30 minutes. CFT was 30 minutes. Yeah. It took a long time to to fill the birth pool up for yeah. you to get everything Oh, ready. I guess. Yeah. I, did, I forgot that it did take a while because I had, no, because I set it, it up the while. day before with the lights and stuff, didn't I? Mm-mm. That was no, the day of? It was the day okay. of. Yeah. All right. Then it did take a while. Too. Yeah. It took a while. Because we put little lights underneath and then I put a protector over that. And then I think there was. I wanted you to put a white sheet on it to make oh, it look right. really pretty. It didn't turn it. It's not an earth side birth pool, guys. You <laughs> can, there are these really pretty birth pools that are white. It, ours didn't turn out. <laughs> It was, it was, it was, it did look good. It looked very, it looked looked wonderful. It looked beautiful. It looked so good. It wasn't an earth side birth pool. Those weren't out yet, but it was a birth pool covered in white sheets. You have stock in earth side. I don't, I don't, but they are pretty and they're really popular right now. So we'll just like put a little, if you guys want to sponsor the show, you're welcome. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, we got the, he was getting the birth pool ready. And while that was happening, it was one of those weird things where like the girls left and all of a sudden my body was like, okay, like, Ooh, we okay. got the house to ourselves. Let's go. <laughs> Let's, the, the cat's away. The mice will play. So the contractions started. Um, they, they were definitely just, they were very noticeable. But one thing that happened was I realized I'm standing up for all of these. Like every time I move, they seem very movement oriented. So like maybe I'm tricking my body into having these contractions. Maybe they're not real. Maybe I'm not really in labor and I'm forcing labor onto my body. And like I was really in my head in a weird way, which never happens. No, never. Ever in our lives. Not ever, I am not this morning. Not, no, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just never, kidding. never overthinking. What I remember 
and maybe I'm jumping ahead again, but <clears throat> I remember you being in a place where you're like, cause you're having trouble breathing a little bit or some pain. I just remember being like, don't touch me. Okay. But now I need you to touch me. That was, but yeah. when the contractions happen, do not touch me. <laughs> that was, but yeah. now touch me. Okay. You can rub my back. All right. Now Get stop off. touching me. Get off. Yeah, that, that did happen before that though, was when I was standing up and I was just standing at the edge of the bed, our, our solid structure bed, beautiful bed. Beautiful bed. Um, <laughs> it's an inside joke. Love to be a part of one someday. <laughs> But I'm like holding on to the bedpost and um, and like, yeah, I just had to hold on to the bedpost every time a contraction would come and like kind of sway side to side. And but one one thing that I noticed, like there was one point where I needed to go get something in the kitchen for some reason. And I started walking to the kitchen and I was like trying to tiptoe to the kitchen as not to set off a contraction because I had noticed how deeply connected to movement they were. And that's when I was like, man, maybe I'm like making these happen, which I, which I wasn't. And well, maybe, you were. but maybe I was, well, I don't know. So I like tiptoed back to the bed and held on for the next contraction. And then I was like, I'm going to lie down on my bed, which some of you guys, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how it's your thing, but you just like like to lay on your side on the bed. I've I've seen it. I don't get it, but I've seen it and it's that's cool for you. I decided to try it because I thought maybe I'm just maybe I need to take a nap. Like maybe this really isn't real. <laughs> I'm telling you this is just a denial story. So I got on my bed, did like a side lying position put pillows between my knees and ankles and like up in like a very exaggerated side lying position. And lo and behold, 10 minutes went by and I didn't have a contraction. And so in my mind, I was like, see, this wasn't real. I knew it the whole time. I knew it. I knew it. And I was like, gosh, I cannot believe this. Well, okay. I guess I'll just take a, a nap anyway. I had my playlist on that I had created uh, and I started to like doze off towards the end of that 10 minutes. And then a contraction to rule them all to absolutely neuter all the other contractions that have ever been had came upon me. And it was, <laughs> it was just so intense and being in that sideline position, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, I cannot imagine how anybody finds comfort in this position. And I remember my hand like crinkling up like a weird witch's hand. Like it was just like, it was so weird. And, and I started saying out loud, you love this, you love this, <laughs> like reminding myself because that was another thing that was odd about this pregnancy was I really wasn't looking forward to labor, which is very strange because I had a beautiful labor, like incredibly peaceful really not any discomfort the last, the, the previous yeah, it was birth. like a happy home birth, yeah. It was a really happy home birth. And so I don't know why in my brain I was like, I just don't really want to do this. Um, so I had been in the last few weeks telling myself, like reminding myself, like, you love this, Caitlin. Like, you really do love this. This is amazing. This is like the pinnacle of life. This is for both, for both parties involved. Like, this is unbelievably extraordinary. And what an honor to be able to take part in this co-creation with the Lord. You love this. You really do love it. Uh, but in that moment, it was like, you love this. <laughs> and so after that contraction, I did stay on my side for a little while. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to be there, even though it was not 
my fave position. But then you finished up with setting the birth pool up and then the water was running and filling up. And that's when we started doing some CFT, some craniosacral fascial therapy. I had asked Thomas to do that for me. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Worked great. Worked great. No, yeah. it, was, it was about 30 minutes and it, it was the same thing too, where I'd be working on her also and be like, all right, stop, don't touch me. I didn't even say it. I just like put my hand, my hands, my little witch bent fingers would go up to my head where your hands were and like pause your hands. Sometimes you'd say it. Sometimes you would just like squeeze on me. I'm like, all right. So it was kind of like touch and go, touch and go. And then that was, yeah, probably about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'd already set up the GoPro at that point. We set up a GoPro and I think we actually filmed some of the CFT too, but yeah, I haven't seen that. Though. You wanted to, you're like, all right, I'm ready to get in the pool. Oh, before this, we had called, I guess, probably when, right before we started doing CFT, we'd called your parents and said... Well, before that, so I finished the, the last contraction where I was on the bed and you were doing CFT, there was one contraction and I was like, I'm done. I'm getting up. I cannot be on the bed anymore. This is ridiculous. I was laying on my back. Like, that was crazy. But the CFT felt so good that it was worth it. But when the contractions would actually come, it was like, these, these are heavy duty. Oh, also in, in relation to the denial thing, I still wasn't sure that I was in active labor this entire time, this hour of the only hour of active labor that I had. I wasn't sure that it was actually like, you know, that, um, because in my mind, the contractions weren't lasting long. I felt like they were lasting like 30 seconds. Now that's based on nothing. That is based on <laughs> that is based on me just saying that. We never timed any of them. So they could have been a minute. But I was like, God, they're just 30 seconds long. Like this is they they're gonna get longer. They're they're definitely gonna get longer because I don't listen to myself on my podcast every week and know that labor looks a million different ways. Um, so yeah, so, so we finished that CFT session, that last contraction. I remember I just like flopped off the bed and was like, I'm done. And then I said, I'm going to text our midwife and just let her know. I think we're in active labor. And so I texted her. I was like, Hey, just so you know, we're in labor for reals. Now Thomas will call you if we need anything. And she liked it to show that she had seen it. And then I threw up, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. Then I vomited. It was right after that. Really? I threw up. Okay. And then we were like, whoa. Oh, because I just remember you getting into the pool. I set up the camera. Yeah. And oh. then you, at one point we talked about calling the midwife. And I just remember being like, um, you know, should do, do you want me to do that? Do you think we're going to do that? And you remember just being like, you put your hand down. You're like feeling, you're like, no, it's perfect. He's in the right spot. Everything's great. I got this. And literally 10 minutes later, and call little tell me boy. You were just out. going. You were just zipping and you're zipping and zapping I'm ahead. As it <laughs> yes, I didn't give birth, so it wasn't like all the other you little things the moment happening. To it was just like the <laughs> holy smokes. I mean, it moved so quick to me that it was literally. It like, was like I remember telling you that, and then I remember like the next part of my memory is babies coming out. I remember, but I, mean, I, I remember, remember you. I mean, I remember the the head his head coming out, and I remember you being like. Oh my gosh, like I see his head. He's like in the sack still. I mean, you go ahead. I just, <laughs> no, I'm trying just, to remember. My no, memory's was, tainted. I, I know. This, no, but. your memory's not tainted. There was just stuff that happened before yeah. that. Like we were, you, so I called my parents and I was like, get the girls here now. And then my mom was like, okay. And then she hung up 
and we're like, get, I'm, I'm like jumping into the pool. And then she called you. Oh yeah. Remember she was, yeah. <laughs> so she called back and it was like, oh my gosh, are they not, have they not left yet? And that's when I knew they are not, they're, gonna miss they're not making it, which it all turned out the way it was absolutely supposed yeah. to turn out. But it was just like, oh, they're not really when I called the first time I knew already, like this, this baby's waiting for nobody. So I called, I jumped into the pool with, with vigor. You spent like three minutes setting up the GoPro in this new location. And then you kneeled in front of me in the birth pool. Like I was on in the birth pool, you were in front of the birth pool and I was leaning over it and you were rubbing my head or whatever silent. That was one thing that I was really adamant about this time. I've just, I've realized that a lot of times there's a lot of talking in the birth room that doesn't need to happen. And some people love it. Like some people love to be like, oh, you're doing so good, mama. Like you're, you're doing great. That's great. Some people really need that. For this birth, I knew for a fact I didn't need a word. Like, yes, I know I can do this. Yes, that is check, clear, got it. I don't need anybody telling me that. I just want to feel this in the moment. And so you were you were quiet, you were rubbing my head. Um I started feeling like, oh boy, the fetal ejection reflex is coming. Uh, but I was kind of trying to hold it in because of Janie and Lily not being there. So there were a few little moments where I was like, just like trying to hold on. And I thought, well, you know, people talk about not pushing at all, like breathing their baby down or whatever. Maybe I'll try. I'll just see if I can do that a little bit to wait for the girls to get here. No way. Nope. Not a thing for me. That's not something that my body can do. I tried to hold off and it it felt like I was fighting my body. And so I was like, no. <laughs> like, but what was really sweet was at one point, once we had gotten settled, you leaned over to pray over me, which was a really, really like strong, like very potent memory from our second birth when you prayed over me. And it was, it was like right then during transition it was so meaningful. And you started praying. And I remember in my head being like, that's so sweet. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> like, I had no clue what you were saying. I remember being like, I hope she's not listening. I don't know what I'm saying. Right now. <laughs> I had no clue. It was so loving and tender. And I don't know what you said. And I remember at the end of, like, towards the end of your prayer, all of a sudden I was like, like it, that's when it all, it just went like, yeah. it was so intense. And then the pressure as he was coming down, because he and he and my oldest and Janie, they descended similarly where it was like, they were up high and came down fast. And that's exactly what happened with him. He descended through really quickly. So it went from like no pressure to like, oh my gosh, there's a bowling ball. Like it's a coming. And so, so I felt that pressure and for whatever reason, the way that it happened, (laughs) I remember like all of a sudden there were tears like coming out of my eyes. And I was like (laughs) feeling so odd about the fact that I was crying (laughs) like but it wasn't crying it was like intensity causing my eyes to sweat (laughs) yeah it's just been raining just right on your eyes raining on my eyes but it was it was a very very intense uh moment of pressure there 
And it, it really was, I think a lot of it was because I had tried to hold back for a second and my body, it's kind of like, okay, this happened to me when I was like six. I was in a grocery store with my dad and I could tell that I had to throw up and I like, it started coming up and I tried to like hold it back. Like not, it hadn't come out yet, but like kind of like swallow so that it wouldn't come out. And then that just like angered my body and then it projectiled. That's exactly, yes, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Like I like tried to like hold for a second and then it was like, no way. (laughs) And so it just started going with a, a deep, deep desire to be freed. And so, yes. So then I felt the head come out and I said, the head is out. And then I looked at you and said, what time is it? Because <laughs> we needed to be able to check, like, you know, time-wise. So then on the video, you can see Thomas, like, looking around for a phone. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, 7.03. And then I – so I had said, the head is out. And then I I lifted my right leg – one of my legs. Yeah, I remember you were on your knees and one of your legs went up, like, as your right mm-hmm. leg, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I lifted that leg up and then uh, – then his body just released out and he was completely in call. And so what was amazing about that was there was enough light in the birth pool and around us to where I could see his face. So I could see him looking at me. His eyes were wide open. He was looking at me through his amniotic sac that was completely intact through the water. And that pretty much describes him to this. Like he it wants to engage he passed the vibe check. He passed the vibe check, like big check plus plus plus. So he was looking at us, and um, yeah, and he was. I remember you having to like, like I remember you pulling it off. I had to like kind of pop it and pull it off him and pull it away from his face, and yeah, that was pretty cool. It was amazing. The yeah, I mean, it was it was a complete fail. It was a complete amniotic sac. It was so cool. Yeah, so- and then she you picked him up, and at this time, you know, we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl yet. Um, and I actually saw first and I was like, say hi to baby Thomas. And that's when you found out that it was a, it was a boy. Yeah. You were like, I think, I think it's a Thomas Jr. And I was like, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, so we pulled the, we, we pulled the amniotic sac off and yeah, isn't it crazy? Like I'm sure many of you have been there where you're so excited to find out like, Oh, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Like, I don't know. I've been, we've been waiting for all these months to find out who this is. And then the baby's there and you don't even like don't think, even that you don't even think about it. And so I pulled, I pulled the amniotic sac off and, and because number one, he was pushed through so quickly. And because he was still in his sack, it was very clear. Like he was not making an attempt to breathe yet. And there was a lot of fluid, like just kind of like, just still sort of dribbling out of his yeah. mouth. Um, so I just put my mouth on his and sucked it out and spit. And wow, like did not expect the salt level <laughs> of that <laughs> sweet first kiss. <laughs> like, And the thickness <laughs> it was really, really interesting stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Chef never fears his own cooking. <laughs> but yeah, so I like I, I, pulled some fluid out. There was a good bit of fluid. The other thing was it was pretty dark in our room and I really wanted to make, because he wasn't crying and because he didn't seem like he was making attempts to breathe quite yet. I was like keeping my eyes trained on him um, just in case we needed to, 
you know, support him coming around in any way, uh, which I started, you know, rubbing his back and we were talking to him and saying hello. And, um, but the other thing that was like, I was kind of like, Oh, what's this was around his, the top of his mouth seemed a little bit blue. I couldn't, I couldn't tell because of the lighting, but I honestly almost asked you to turn the lights on because I just wanted to see what was going on. But the skin looked a little bit darker, but it actually turns out it was, he was lightly bruised from, from, you know, his head shoving yeah. into some place. <laughs> yeah. Hitting my, my pubic bone, I think on his way out. Oh yeah. I remember that. Nice it howdy duty. for like a, like a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, he's actually swollen like the right side of his, was his right? Yeah. The right side of his face, like a little swollen for a little bit. I remember it was like his cheek and his eye were just like, remember. remember his right eye he was, was like blood a little shot. bit closed. No, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yes. Like a bit oh my gosh, how did I not remember that? Yes, the right side of his eye was. I was a little. I was like, is like, is this gonna fix itself or like, does he? Is, is do we have something? Like? Yeah. <laughs> is this okay? Is this right? Um, <laughs> but he would open it sometimes, but he kept it closed a good bit. But yes, it was it was swollen. Um, so yes, so I, I we were really vigilant about kind of watching and seeing what was going on, and then he did take some breaths. And that was very, once that happened, that was very reassuring. You know, obviously it's like, oh, good, you're here. We're all good. Um, but he still didn't really, he wasn't crying. Like he didn't, I, I think I finally like kind of like mess with him enough to get him to kind of cry out, but it wasn't much. Um, and then we got a text from, oh no, no, because my placenta came first, right? My placenta came before Emily was here. I think it, yeah. Cause I went to, to go get a bowl. And she came in at the same time. The yes. Something, yes. Yeah. Okay. So my best friend lives three minutes down the road and the plan was for her to be there to take pictures for us. We like hadn't hired a birth photographer or anything, but we wanted her to be there to number one, cause she's the best. And then also she would gladly take pictures. She would gladly help with the girls if anything needed to be done. Um, so we wanted her to just come over. We had texted her. I mean, gosh, we did not give her a lot of heads up. I think we had, it was like, we texted her like 10 minutes before the baby was born, 15, Probably, yeah. something like that. Um, so she like came right over and had, she still didn't make it in time. Um, I don't think she realized how fast it was going. Cause I don't think we realized how fast yeah. it was going, but what was so crazy. I feel like about this experience compared to past experiences was with, with our first, um, the placenta took maybe 45 minutes to come out. Yeah, time. yeah. And I did have like a trickle bleed afterwards, but at the same time, that was a very long, very intense labor. I had tried to stimulate labor. I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't recommend that. <laughs> like, And my birth is why I don't recommend that. Um, live. So I don't recommend falling asleep while your life is in, wife is in labor. Yeah. I don't, so don't very mad about that. Don't recommend later. it. Yeah, it comes out later. It comes out later. <laughs> We've worked through it. labor for so long. I just need a little break. <laughs> Gosh. A little nap time. A little nappy poo. Um, it was so hard on me. It was, Thomas had a hard time during that labor. It was so hard. Um, so, yes. So, with that labor, placenta took like 45 minutes to come out. And then the second birth, it also took... 30 or maybe 45 minutes. I have no idea actually, but it took a long time to come yeah. out. And I remember wanting to get it out and it, it just felt like it wasn't coming. And there was some placenta that was left in at, with that one. I had some retained placenta that didn't come out for the a while one or the first with one? Lillian. Okay. 
yeah, it was not, not ideal. Um, pretty rough stuff. So I, I don't know. I, I was really looking forward to seeing how my placenta would behave this time with having had nobody there. Like, what would that be like? And it came out within five minutes. Yeah. It was really quick. It just came right out. It was amazing. And I just remember in that moment, even thinking like, whoa, physiological birth, genuinely untouched, uninhibited, unmanaged in any way birth. It produces different hormones. Like it that's just that's just the reality of it. Like, at least for me, I can't pretend like somebody's not, you know, right like there aren't people right around when there are people right around. And something about just you and me there doing the most beautiful, natural thing ever. My my body was just like, Oh yeah, we know how to do this. Yeah. What what were you thinking when the baby was born? Um, I mean, it was just, it happened so quickly that it was just, you know, like I said earlier when, you know, 10 minutes before when we were contemplating, well, I was contemplating like, Hey, should I call the midwife? And you're just like, no, I know where this baby is. And, you know, it was just really cool to see how in tune and touch you, you were with your body and with baby Thomas at the time to be like, I know where this is. Here's it's, co- it's coming right now. I mean, th- I mean, you were literally like almost narrating kind of what was happening at least that's how I remember it. And then it just popped out. And uh, yeah, it was just I like that noise. Yeah. <laughs> kind of made that sound. A little bit. <laughs> but um, yeah, and it, it was, it was fun too, because when Emily came in, she didn't know the baby was born yet. And so like, Oh yeah, come in, come in, hang out. And then she came in and she's like, I knew there was a baby. I knew it. <laughs> I knew the baby was already born. There might've been a little bit of crying, but I, I don't exactly. think so at that point. No, it was pretty silent. I think she said she knew that there was a baby by the way you were acting. Well, You're like, on my face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yep. You know, just in time. It's interesting, like you bringing up the like when I, I, I think I said, this is perfect. <laughs> like, and well, yeah, you said you he was were, in a perfect. This I mean, is perfect. But he was in a perfect. perfect position. You were, you could feel where his head was. You're like, it's down. It's in the right position. This is, you know, he's coming out. Yeah. And the reality is we could have called our midwife at that point. She would have been there 45, 50 minutes after the baby was born because she lives 45 minutes away. Like it wasn't, it's not like at that point we could have had anybody there anyway. And I honestly feel like because I had been so indecisive, I feel like the Lord kind of made the decision for me. Like I really, I feel like it was like, this was a gift it's like, here, Caitlin, take the gift, just take the gift. Just, just take the gift, Caitlin. Just here. All right, fine. Here. Like it just all played out in such a beautiful way where I didn't even have to make the decisions like, yeah. <laughs> like, which, you know, it's, you need to make decisions, but it was, it was so beautiful. Yeah. And you definitely made the decision, but it was yeah, either way. It but was, it was right. Way, like, yeah. exactly. But I mean, it was like, it, I made I made the decision like, too late anyway. <laughs> like, but it, I don't know. It just was, it was so, I, I cannot begin to express. And I really am curious to hear if you feel the same way. I think so, because I, I know we've talked about it, but you feel so connected to your spouse after home birth. Like at least that's been our experience. You feel so, so connected, especially when you've prepared well together. Mm. And this though was so deep. Like this was so much deeper even than that. Like just us yeah, two so together. Yeah, so intimate because it was just us there together. And 
there wasn't like I'm backing up and somebody else is coming in or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of in the background while stuff is happening. Like it was just kind of me and you. And um, that was really nice. Yeah. And it, it just felt to me like there was this complete trust of like, I trust you and you were trusting me and we just knew like this was our thing. And yeah. Also yeah. The, just admiration for, you know, <laughs> all the prep and everything you've done. And I mean, it was really cool. I, it's, it's hard to explain. It's just really cool in that moment of just like, no, I know where this baby is. Like, how the heck do you know? Like, you know, I obviously completely trust you. And like knowing that was just awesome. Like, oh, wow, she, she's got this. There's no worry in my mind at all. Like, and it's not like I was even stressing out saying, well, do we need to call the midwife? It was more of no. like a last like, are you sure? Hey, is like this, this what we're going to do? Mm -hmm. Are we not going to call her? Mm -hmm. We're just going to do this. And your answer was just like, yep, that's it. Mm -hmm. That that makes sense. And that's going to work out great. Yep. And it, it did. did. <laughs> and it was the best thing that could have ever happened. Yeah. Like it just was, it's just so, it just, I don't know. It just pulls you together. And, and like, I'm saying this from a place where like, we have such a beautiful relationship already. Like, but somehow even more so it's like, oh, yep, it's just another opportunity for that family bond to grow stronger and stronger. And I think birth is supposed to do that. Like, I think I think that our family units are supposed to be pulled so tightly together through these transformative experiences. Yes, this was highly transformative for me, but it's transformative for you too. You're becoming a father for the third time. Like, that's this is really, really Third big time's stuff. a charm, yeah. Third time's a charm. We're gonna figure it out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna figure it out we'll this see. time. But yeah, I just, it just it was really incredible. I I can't I can't put words to it. I just mm, I just love it so yeah. much. And what's really what's really interesting was after he was born, I immediately immediately was like, yeah, we're gonna have another. <laughs> <laughs> felt it very strongly interestingly enough three months in i'm like well let's just take it as it comes yeah <laughs> let's, let's let's hang out for a little bit but uh yeah it just was such a beautiful experience that now where i went into this labor where i was like i don't really want to do this i'm like i really want to do that again that was so incredible like that was just pinnacle of my life experience and uh my friend Madon had talked to me a few weeks before this birth. And I, I do want to mention, you know, I'm talking about the nervous system a lot and that was really powerful stuff. Um, but the reality is, is that I had a piece in this pregnancy, like a deep, deep piece uh, from the Lord. Like it, peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And I had that in a way that I've never experienced up until this point in my life, uh, really cultivating, not just like, yes, of course, I love the Lord, but like communicating with him and like an, an intimate, deep relationship where I wake up in the morning and I'm speaking to him and thanking him because life is so precious, even on hard days. Um, and, and like this, seriously, like some deep, deep sense of of peace, even though we had a lot of like transitional stuff going on during this pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, like work stuff, job stuff, my business, so many transitions. And I just knew, I knew that this, everything was great. Like, how could it not be wonderful? And Madon at one point had spoken over me. She was like, I just, 
Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you like this peace that you are, that you are experiencing through the Lord, like you're giving that to your son. Like he's, he's experiencing this, this holy peace and he's living that inside of you right now. And that was so powerful. And he is like the most peaceful guy. Like he is just, you guys don't even know. You don't even know. He's the sweetest baby in the whole world. All he does is smile or just size you up. He just looks at you and is like, what's going on with this guy? And then he smiles immediately. Everybody, he just smiles and smiles. And and you, you even said, like, he's the first baby who, like, leaves you alone at night. Like, he'll eat when he's full. He's like, all right, I'm going Good to night. bed. Instead of just, you know, nursing, using you as a chew toy all night. <laughs> he just, he's just so good-natured. He's happy. He's genuinely at peace. And I just feel like, that's that's him and that's what i spoke over him for his his entire pregnancy which i really want to encourage people to do speak over your children speak truth and beauty and like i just pictured him as this honorable noble brave courageous peaceful uh like person and that's and, what we named him thomas right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and i i don't know there's just something spo- so special to that and the the way that we do get to shape and cultivate our children in the womb what a gift that that is if we like if we can take the time to think about it and and take it seriously um i think he'll never do anything wrong ever ever uh, granted he, obviously he'll need jesus but he'll never do anything wrong ever he'll never hurt me he'll never hurt me <laughs> He'll never let me tell. I'm kidding. I'm joking, (laughs) joking. But he really is so precious. Uh, And then the girls came. So the girls came 30 minutes after he was born, which tells you they did not leave when they were supposed to. Um, But it was nice. It was nice to have that time. Honestly, it was. It was really special. And then I think it was. We must have called your parents earlier, texted them earlier to bring the kids over, Mm -mm. and they were super excited. No, I was not mad about it either. They were super, super thrilled. They had wanted a baby sister the whole time, they had said. But then as soon as they saw him, they knew he was a boy. Janie turned around and was like, I told you it was a boy. And oh, we're yeah, like, she oh, had, well, okay. The, the funny thing was she had bet your dad mm-hmm. like $50 or something like that, that it was going to be a boy and it's, there was going to be a girl. And then when it was, what did she say? Like, no bet, bet doesn't count. What was it? She said it was something I funny. thought she said, I told you I won the bet. Like, I won. I thought she I... said the bet doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> Bet's off. That's... Take it back. <laughs> That's, that is probably true. But yeah. at one point she was like, I told you it would be a boy. Like, she just turned it around <laughs> so fast. Was You're not getting any money from me. Old so, man. old man. <laughs> that was hilarious. But yeah, they they saw the baby. We did a cord burning. Um Emily made the most amazing food, like this delicious breakfast plate. I think I ate like four pieces of toast. You always forget how long the cord burning is. It's yeah. A long process. And how, how oddly And everybody like kind of wants to be a part of it or do it. And then they're like, all right, all right. Uh, I'm done now. Yeah. Like, let's, let's just let you do it. So, yeah. It does take it a while. It is cool. I like it. And I, I do too. suggest doing it, but it is, it's a long process. I got to say the of thing. Smelling, you know. Yeah. Of smelling burning. Stuff. Mm. Yeah. But. So do it. Yeah. So great. totally. But no, really, the reason that I love the cord burning, I've noticed this with. So with Janie, we did it, but we didn't do it all the way. We like got, we got over it and we were like, okay, just clip, just clip this thing. Let's be done. 
with Lillian and with Thomas, we let the let the cord cauterize on its own from burning it. We never cut it. It just cauterized through burning. And I have to say, Janie's umbilical cord, for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense scientifically, I guess, but for whatever reason, Janie's umbilical cord took over a week to fall off, right? Which is normal. Thomas and Lillian's were off in like three days. Didn't his fall off at my parents' house somewhere? Hers fell off. Janie's fell off in your parents' couch. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's like the worst place. You know, my parents is pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, his fell off so quickly. I mean, it's ridiculous how quick. The other thing that helped with that was we. T- I took him out in the sun every every morning for like an hour. And then I would go back in the evening and go back outside with him. And he loved it. Like yeah. he loves to be outside. Your baby will love that. They want to be outside. It also helps set their circadian rhythm. I think that's really critical, especially people will say like, oh, my baby has their days and nights confused, which is kind of not a thing anyway, because they their sleep schedule is just nothing like ours. But we were able to get longer stretches of sleep at night, because I think because we really prioritize that first thing in the morning, like 8 a.m., getting him out in the sun, like, hey, this is morning. <laughs> Good morning. Here we go. Um, I think that that makes a huge difference in, in my experience. And also just like him just being comfortable and happy and um, did a lot of naked time outside. That's really good for babies. So he was going diaper free, going commando. It's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I kind of wish I could just go diaper free. Yeah. Go diaper free. Nice. I'd love to go diaper free. Um, I'm trying to think of any other like big things. Well, I mean, we really were unprepared for the birth pool and oh, the disposal yeah. of that, mm-hmm. um, which obviously fell upon me, mm-hmm. you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I tried a bunch of different things. So like our house, like the, the room backs up to like a back porch and then it kind of goes down a little bit. So I thought I'd use um, my knowledge of physics to <laughs> siphon the water out through the window down below which I didn't at the time really think of a good way to suction it. So I had to do it the old fashioned way, which was, uh, you did do it that way at first and didn't work. Thank goodness. Well, some came through, but the suction just wasn't strong enough to really get a good flow going on. So that was something. Um, and this is like in the middle of the night too. Yeah. This is midnight. Before this is something that we realize is very, that's a, a fantastic part about the midwives. Mm-hmm. Take care of the stuff. Clean up. The cleanup. Oh yeah. There's a lot more cleanup than that, but so I did that. I, I ended up taking a shop back and you, like putting an attachment on it and cupping it to the hose and then pulling it through, which I had to get rid of the shop back because it had a lot of, you know, <laughs> human remains in there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So then I had to also fish out and pick up all the bits. Yeah. All the, the bits and pieces. And which we saw. So you you pulled out like a huge chunk the, of amniotic sack. I think I called it in cauliflower and cauliflower. And cauliflower. <laughs> Little in cauliflower chunks that I had to pull out. <laughs> There's a lot. I could not believe how much there was. Um, but yeah, yeah. We, we got that siphoned out, cleaned it up. That was just, I remember being like, yeah, this is not fun to do. So yeah, that part's That's off to all the midwives that have to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have they different do. ways yes. and tools that make it a lot easier. They don't than do the shot back. The shot back um, method. <laughs> out the window into the yard. Yeah. But yeah. But a lot it of wild animals in our yard the next it's day. It's so why. strange. Like, so many. It's beautiful. They were coming to welcome the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so, you know, thinking forward to the future, if 
if and just we didn't i don't even think we took the burp pool down that night so we're trying to like no we waited it. yeah we waited because that that took so long yeah um but in the future i i once again i gotta say i love i love having and i don't care if it's like a midwife like a certified midwife i don't care who it is a wise woman who understands birth physiology who understands how to leave somebody alone but also can just be there i would love to have that person in my living room next time just just while we do our own thing or coming afterwards you know and just being there to help tuck us into bed clean everything up that is and oh that's the thing we did we texted my the, my midwife after we had the baby like a, an hour or two later and she was like awesome want me to come now um or i can come tomorrow morning and we said yeah uh, foolishly this is before, was before we, realized we realized what we, what we had upon us yes foolishly we said yeah tomorrow's great um but get yeah, hindsight oh osco biscuit i think kept coming in trying to like get in, get oh. the stuff and in the pool and biscuits uh, are newfie poo yeah her nasty poo. He's trying to get a little snack. <laughs> oh, a little gross. Snack. <laughs> he was so interested in the birth too. Yeah. The video, you can see him like coming up behind you a whole bunch, like yet. trying to look and find the baby. <laughs> That's very cute. He's been very interested in the baby since day one. Oh, he was a little loves... worried. Like, you think he's a snack too? Like he just. Mm, I think he just loves his cloth diapers. Or a mm, smell. I think he he's got that. that. He loves stank. that newborn baby smell. <laughs> Who doesn't? Or and also the. It's the, the diapers. diapers. Yeah. He loves the uh, cloth diaper system. Um, mm, yummy. So, oh God, it's so gross. <laughs> um, oh, the, the other thing that I did want to mention was postpartum. I just have to like, I, I can't say how incredibly Thomas helped me postpartum. Um, we did, we were planning to do 40 days of, of lying in, and I don't mean 40 days like, oh yeah, like the first five days in bed and then I kind of get up or what? No, like staying in bed. And, and, you know, of course, like the last two weeks I plan to be just kind of around the house. Um, but those first four, you know, the first, however many weeks, like in bed as much as possible. Um, and even as much as I preach that and want that to be the case, there were times when I wanted to get up and do stuff. And Thomas was the one who was like, no, like, nope, you said we were going to like you said you were going to do this you need to do this this is important this is an investment in our family you are going back to bed like you're not doing this stuff i'm i'm doing it um and he kind of moved heaven and earth to make it happen like i want to be clear that i think that sometimes people are like oh well that's just like you know not everybody has that privilege not every everybody has that ability and listen <laughs> it was not easy it's not like we were just like oh like Thomas doesn't have to work. No, he still had to, he worked in the evenings. He had his, we had parents like coming in shifts and he did so much scheduling to make that work. And that's something that we need to start thinking about, you know, really before pregnancy, even if we can, but at least when you find out you're pregnant, you start thinking, how am I, how, not can I make this work? How will I prioritize this? Because at 30 days postpartum, my father-in-law ended up having a severe traumatic incident and Thomas had to go. Like he was gone for an entire week in the hospital with his dad or, uh, or when he was at work. And I, so I went, I went from like resting in bed to being up with three children, but guess what? That transition was perfectly fine for me because I had spent those 30 days genuinely deeply resting. So I got to give a huge, I mean, like really, really, it was amazing. Yeah. 
lot of a lot of liquids, a lot of yogurts. Yeah. Became a master at little snackies. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas really he perfected the parfait. He really perfected that. He tried he tried some things, like some things we were I was like, Yeah, that's good. Sometimes I was like, Whoa, that was really you really you took it. You took it there. Adding <laughs> what what did you <laughs> I did like sprinkle like those like the, <laughs> the girls' sprinkles in one of them or something. <laughs> I just gave you what I would have wanted. Yes. So. <laughs> Sans, chips, syrup, sans red Pringles. food dye, sans any food dye. <laughs> All organic stuff, but yeah, still but lots of treats. sugar, lots of chocolate, <laughs> lots of sprinkles. Funny. Very high protein, this postpartum, and that made a huge difference yeah, as well. Sure. Well, if you do you have any things to say as we wrap up? I know our baby, our our baby is over at the down the street at my in-law's house and he's getting hungry. So we yeah. should wrap up. But um I just want, I guess the way I want to end this is just by saying, um, yeah, we gave birth without anybody there and it was amazing and it was incredible. And if that's what you want to do, I, I firmly believe that you can get back in touch with your intuition, with the primal mother that you are. And I hope that this conversation will be helpful to you and maybe to your spouse too, like in considering what this looks like and and just like how you can be such an incredibly supportive spouse. Um, but also having a wise woman is amazing. And I, I cannot express that enough. And I was so grateful to have the care that I had both, both prenatally and postpartum. Yeah. No, I think getting your, your spouse involved is a really big deal. And I think, um, it's really important for how everything moves is them knowing their place Mm -hmm. and kind of what you want them to do. And then also just knowing what's going on and what's happening. And there's a lot of fear that can be involved in the beginning, during, and, you know, even afterwards, what's going on. So being informed of what's happening, how it's happening, the safety of it, et cetera, is huge being on the same page, because if you're wanting to do something and the other person does not, they're going to take any little bit they can to kind of not, they're not going to take it, but you know, any type of fear that comes in, you're, you need that person to be in your corner and you don't want it to turn into a situation where it's like, oh, let's throw it all away and let's just go, for, you know, go do something completely different what our plan is. So having that idea, having that knowledge and having that commitment and understanding of what's going to happen and what you need from them, I think is huge. Um, and obviously that happened a lot with our last birth and this birth, not so much our first birth, which, you know, we always learn something new Live every time learn. we do it. Um, but I think that's huge. And you know, it's also huge for your relationship to have that going into it and that connection and not just there's something that's happening to you and I'm here from you, you know, just in the background, if you need anything or whatever, like actually having that connection and bond from beginning to end is huge. Yeah. 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 I, I think that that really like, so what you're saying is it kind of directed towards husbands, like, Yes. Hey, like, don't, this is not just your wife's thing. Like, this is just as much your thing. And you don't want to, like, it's not cool. <laughs> it's not cool to not be interested. It's not cool to not understand what's going on and to not su- support her by doing your part. That's really critical. Yeah. And I think that sometimes that gets that gets missed. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's also directed to the woman of saying like, Hey, stupid, listen, like we, you need to be a part of this. We need to understand this because (laughs) I didn't know the first time I wasn't like, you know, I just thought you knew what you were doing and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, um, just with that knowledge or, you know, involving them and getting them involved, I think will 
Yeah, it also, it's a big deal to them too to be a part of it. So yeah. yes, and and I think that a lot of times so sometimes men, you have to bring your neck a little bit. Yeah. Say, hey, listen here, here, buddy. right? Snap here. Listen. Look, look at me. Yeah, I think the other thing is I just don't think men necessarily. It's not happening to them, so they may not recognize like how much potency there actually is in this experience, how much depth and beauty there is, unless we like really pull our husbands in and like show them. So that's critical, but also. Hey, guess what, guys? You may have some fear. You've been you've been told your entire lives that birth is dangerous and scary, and um, and that may cause you initially to feel mistrustful of your spouse when she says she wants to have home birth, or if especially if she's like, I don't know that I want to have anybody there. So instead of just being like, no, why don't you take some time to think about like, okay, this scares me. Why does this scare me? Mm. What is that? Why am I nervous about this? Yeah. Why, why do we have to go to the hospital? Why do we have to take this? Why do we, you know, when you start asking those questions and looking into it, I think that kind of helps out a lot instead of just, well, that's the way it is. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents went to the hospital or, you know, uh, that's what they told us in school, whatever it is. Um, just that searching and well, why let's figure this out together. Let's look at this. And there's so many resources out there for that. Um, in either way, I know there's, there's things out there, but it's, it's good to have that understanding from both parties mm-hmm. and a deep idea and commitment to what you're doing and things might not go well and you'll yeah. know you know normally a pretty well in advance hey something's not right and you'll have a backup plan of what to do then and you'll know hey when is it time to go seek help or go do this or that so having that set up i think helps a lot with the process because it's going to be scary i don't care how um not super scary but you know there will be times where you're going to be a little like oh no is everything okay and having that knowledge going into it, I think helps qualm a lot of those fears. Yeah. They're yeah. Natural. Taking them back to the source. Yep. Dr. Rachel Reed says, feel the fear and give birth anyway. That's one of my favorite, favorite things. All right. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. This was really enjoyable to be able to sit down. We haven't really talked about we the birth. We haven't really talked in a long time. <laughs> We haven't talked about the birth fully since it happened. So this was beautiful. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We got to go get our bubble baby, sweet Bubsy boy, uh, due to his bubble of an amniotic sac. He is the bubble boy. Little bubs. Little bubs. So we got to go pick him up and the girls. Um, But I hope you guys enjoyed this. And I can't wait to hear any thoughts, questions that you have. Um, Maybe we should do like an Instagram question and answer or something. We'll figure it out. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. That's all I've got for you for today. And I will see you back here next week. Well, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as Thomas and I clearly enjoyed uh, recording it together. As we head into this week's episode roundup, my big focal point really comes down to our own individual risk tolerance. And I have a feeling that this episode may frustrate some people, maybe even in both camps. I'm sure there are some people who think, oh my goodness, you didn't have anybody there on purpose that was dangerous and so risky. And at the same time, there are probably people who are free birthers themselves thinking, wow, that really wasn't a wild enough pregnancy. And what I want to really emphasize here is that this path was perfect for us for this pregnancy. Thomas and I took full responsibility for our experience and we loved every moment of it. And I felt so held 
and kept by the Lord. And I felt my intuition telling me this was exactly right, especially in the moment. And at the same time, I don't want to discount the beauty of having a wise woman there, whether that is a professional midwife, whether that is something else, just having someone who is there with you, who knows what's going on, who has experienced birth before, that's what we would have had, you know, in our our more traditional societies. I think there's something so beautiful about that. But whatever choice it is that you make, whatever you and your spouse decide is right for your family, I want you to remember that you do still have to take full responsibility, whether that is in the hospital or whether that is at home, whomever is with you, it doesn't matter. This birth is fully your responsibility and that can feel heavy, but more so it can feel beautiful when we realize just how special this experience is. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, Thomas and I just loved going over it and I pray that it's a blessing to you in some way. All right, my friends, that's all that I've got for you for today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.